Welcome to the GPCA podcast, where we spotlight the chemicals market in the Arabian Gulf and beyond. This podcast is proudly presented by the Gulf Petrochemicals and Chemicals Association, the voice of the downstream hydrocarbon industry in the Arabian Gulf. Each episode will provide you with exclusive insights on the latest industry trends and stimulate conversations featuring industry leaders and experts from the region and the world. If you're new to this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Now, to your host. Hello and welcome, everyone. I am very delighted to be the host for today's podcast. My name is Abdullah Aufi from Petrorabag Petrochemical Company, and I am a member of the GBCA Youth Council and the Sustainability Subcouncil. Very proud to mention that today's podcast is launched by the Sustainability Youth Subcouncil. In this podcast, we will be talking about plastics and the environment. As we know, the plastic waste challenge is a pressing issue which is driven by a knowledge gap in the public and the misconception that plastic and not people are to blame. New technologies are emerging to increase the circularity of plastic products while optimizing their efficiency and reducing their environmental impact. Now let me welcome our guests. Our first guest is the group CEO of Equate Petrochemical Company and the chairman of the Plastics Committee in the GBCA with a career spanning over 24 years. We are very honored to have Mr. Nasr al-Dawsari with us today. In addition, Mr. Nasr al-Dawsari is the sponsor of the Youth Council in the GBCA. Our second guest is the head of sustainability at Nestle in Middle East and North Africa. We are very happy to have Ms. Yasmin Berber with us today. She is responsible for implementing Nestle's net zero emissions roadmap across the region. Welcome, Ms. Yasmin, and welcome, Mr. Nasser. Thank you. I would like to start off with a question to both of you. Would you please tell us more about your career path and how is your career connected to our podcast topic? Starting with you, Ms. Yasmin. So good morning. It's a pleasure to, to be with you today. Thanks for the opportunity. And a glimpse about my, my career. So Nestle was one of my dreams company when I was an MBA student. And I've started with Nestle in Kuwait in 2004. And uh, the two roles I assumed were mainly entrenched in commercial. And then I was transferred to Lebanon as GM. And after five years, I was the GM of the UAE. It's a bigger challenge. And um, after 17 years in the group, I've had this amazing disruptive uh, dip in the world of sustainability. So here I am heading sustainability for Mina, for uh, my company, Nestle. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Yasmin. Very interesting. Uh, the same question to you, Mr. Nasser. Would you please tell us more about your career path and how it is connected to our topic? Uh, thank you, Abdullah, and uh, yeah, very well, welcome to all the listeners. Uh, start off, I mean, growing up, there was a lot of interest on math, science, and, and the STEM in general in uh, societies in, in the Gulf. So I had a lot of uh, uh, interest in, in understanding how uh, 
things work and how they uh, get uh, manufactured. Uh, and growing up, I was driving always by you know the, the facilities in Kuwait, which uh, if you've ever seen uh, a chemical uh, industry uh, skyline at night, it's always attracting uh, to look at and, and to explore the possibility of that. So this led me to study as a chemical engineer where I did my uh, first degree looking at uh, a career uh, prospect in, in uh, the chemical and petrochemical industry. I started with uh, operations in uh, petrochemical industries company. It's a subsidiary of Kuwait uh, Petroleum Corporation. And uh, moving on, working with Equit closely more into the plastics industry, uh, uh, I was uh, exposed to a lot of uh, you know, possibilities and opportunities to work not only on the manufacturing side, but to give back in terms of, you know, the community contribution of how these solutions and these science can uh, impact uh, our societies, whether it's through employment opportunities, through, uh, you know, creating a lot of potential businesses um, that, that uh, has link to uh, the industry. So been in this uh, post now for the past two years, uh, a lot of interesting, uh, you know, development uh, globally in terms of how this industry mean, how does it contribute and how does it actually impact people's lives? Thank you, Mr. Nasser. Very interesting. Uh, so, Mr. Nasser, a very important question to you is that why do people associate plastic as something bad to the environment? And why is this the general image of plastics? Yeah, this is a good question. Um, it's it's um, first we have to look at the plastic uh, as a whole. Uh, so if you look at plastic, it has transformed everyday life. The usage is increasing, and the value that it presents is becoming more valuable to sustaining the well-being and the growing needs of our societies. So any association needs to take into consideration the entire life cycle and how it impacts the environment. And the focus on waste and the disposal is an integral part of uh, that process. So recently the media is more looking at the last part in terms of waste, which we need to uh, uh, make sure that we give it enough attention on looking at how to manage and handle this waste throughout you know, the, the, the value chain that uh, it presents. So every product has a life cycle and it interacts with various value chains and business models from design, manufacturing, marketing, or, or usage of that product, all the way to how it's been disposed of, whether it's through the uh, reuse, recycle, and reduce, uh, you know, approach or to ensure that we have the proper management of this waste. So like any other product, if you look at plastic, what does it mean? It's the most efficient use of our resources. So whatever we want to use as a solution that handles plastic, you will find that it reduces the carbon footprint. It provides a very versatile approach to solutions that will help either through construction, packaging, or, or uh, you know, transportation. It's all linked to how the solution 
is valuable to the to the community as well as how responsible we are to handle and dispose of the waste that generate through our usage of this so if you look it's evident that the plastic and other petrochemicals have a lot of social benefits and future technology and even in the medical advances that we are proud to be associated of secondly if you look at how negative uh, views are it's basically when it's directed to mainly to waste which affect us globally and waste should have no place in the environment so the simple reason is that because once we make use of something we want to make sure that this solution finds its way to a, a recyclability or a circular approach to disposing of this product but it provides us with durability lightweighting and it has a lot of advantages in, in its everyday use. Uh, thank you, Mr. Nasser. Very interesting. And I agree we should have a circular economic approach into our uh, industries. Uh, so the same question to you, Ms. Yasmin. Why most people associate plastics as something bad to the environment? Thank you for the question. So... You know, globally, the production of plastics it increased from 2 million metric tons annually in 1950 to over 350 million metric tons today. And as well globally, basically, adequately, what is recycled is around 9% max. So, but, but I want to zoom in to my industry, which is FMB. So of the plastic packaging used for food and beverage, much, much of it, it's ending up in natural environment and particularly in rivers, oceans, and it's causing significant harm to ecosystems. So although plastic packaging plays an important role in delivering high quality food and drinks to consumers in a safe, convenient way, Nestle and many other companies, we have to address the end-of-life impacts, exactly like Mr. Nasser mentioned. And if we are to create a circular economy, this is inevitable. That's why in 2018, we committed that 100% of our packaging will be recyclable or reusable by 2025. And this forms a part of a longer term vision that none of our packaging, including plastics, ends up in landfill or as litter, including in the oceans, lakes, rivers. So we have this commitment and we know that despite, um, uh, you know, having the ambition to transform 100% of packaging to be recyclable or reusable, it will be not enough. So we are aiming as well to reduce the use of virgin plastics by third by 2025 and to lead the shift from virgin plastics to food grade recycled plastic and accelerate the development of innovative packaging solutions. And for sure, we need to collaborate with the industry, with civil society, um, with startups, NGOs, and national governments in order to step up in addressing waste management and to advance the creation of a circular economy. So plastics, um, there it's it's one of the you know most um, let's say accessible, available, lightweight, hygienic, safe 
malleable, uh, easy to design, uh, to cater for safe uh, food and beverage, which is delivered in a convenient way to consumers that can prevent as well food waste and food loss. The issue is how we can close the loop in avoiding litter is to really step up altogether as well in educating consumers um, to, to dispose uh, properly, to do the right informed decision, which should be as well on the label part of the packaging to inform them how they can avoid litter and how we can collaborate behind enhancing the collection and uh, sorting and recycling everywhere we operate and across countries. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Yasmin. So back to you, Mr. Nasser. Would you please highlight some of the obvious industries and applications that plastics are used in that people are not aware of? Yes, we, when, when you look at uh, the industry, it has such a versatile use. And, and uh, if you look at our Equate uh, products, uh, it uh, ranges from you know, the intermediate uh, chemicals to plastic resins where we are uh, part of, uh, you know, various application, downstream applications that utilizes our products for solutions-based uh, 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 product. So if we start with the individual level and work our way to a larger uh, circle, our clothes or garment industry includes a high percentage of polyester, which is a, a you know, a, a product of uh, the chemical and, and petrochemical products in the in the value chain, our personal hygiene product uh, and consumable, uh, what Yasmin was referring to, the containers are mostly plastics. If you look at the furniture, construction, and the valuable insulation solutions are, are mainly based on the petrochemical and plastic uh, uh, solutions. If you look at residential and piping and, and water delivery system, it, the core of it is now plastic uh, solutions that allows for such large scale um, solutions for, for hygienic, clean water and sanitation to be uh, delivered to residential areas. And, and we, can, we can use that to even widen the circle, the, the transportation, whether it's land, you know, vehicle, uh, airplanes, uh, contain many uh, innovative solutions uh, uh, from, from the applications that are using plastics and advanced uh, thermoplastics, allowing for lightweighting and, and much more uh, efficient transportation uh, solution. So throughout our life, we rely on plastic more and more now, and the petrochemicals are becoming an everyday part of our world. The raw material that we produce uh, in Equate, as I mentioned, are well known to people, whether it's the polyethylene, the ethylene glycol, or the polyethylene terephthalate that goes into a lot of um, textile and also uh, food, food beverage packaging. But we still can find these solutions in modern life and, and simply to look at these as essential material now that allows the lifestyle that we live in now to uh, continue and uh, address many of the challenges that we have in utilizing natural resources. Thank you, Mr. Nasser, very thoughtful. So Mr. Nasser, since you are the chairman of the Plastics Committee in the GBCA, would you please tell us more about the sustainability of plastics versus alternative materials 
with which they are being replaced in terms of production and resources used. The focus and, and the importance that we, we uh, in the GPCA committee uh, and, and the producers in the region, and also through the, our association to the larger global industry, is one of utmost uh, priorities now uh, to look at how the industry can contribute more uh, to sustainable circular uh, economy. So if you look at uh, our sustainability, not only through the product itself, but the conduct that we have in terms of, you know, um, you know our, our uh, contribution to local economies, employment opportunities, uh, as well as uh, many uh, solutions that will help the societies improve uh, the living standards. So if you look at the plastic, it requires a very small amount of energy to be produced compared to many other industries. Only around 4% of the world's oil is, is used to produce plastics worldwide. So if you look at the massive energy saving that are possible for the use of plastics in many of these solutions, it's very valuable compared to alternative material. So if you look at recent studies and Trocost have published one of these studies in the environmental cost of using plastics in consumer goods and packaging is nearly four times less uh, that it would be if plastic was replaced with alternative uh, material. So if we look at another study that we'll cite uh, from McKenzie company that few viable alternatives to plastics are available for the majority of uh, current uh, food packaging uh, application. So if we look at plastic, it has a lower uh, greenhouse uh, gases impact in, in 13 of the 14 non-plastic alternative uh, application uh, analyzed. Um, even if we look at you know, the, 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 the grocery packaging, whether it's the paper bags, it has about three times uh, the production of emission of plastic bags due to the higher raw material usage and transportation uh, emission. So when we think about end of life disposition of and, and the impact such as how much we can use of reusable, uh, more efficient use of, of resources in terms of uh, plastic, it, it is five times better than using uh, many of the alternatives that, that are being uh, explored. Even when we look at end of life and, and, and uh, disposal, Recyclability, reusability is, is one important factor, but also uh, disposal is also more favorable when you look at, at uh, the plastic uh, compared to uh, other uh, alternatives. Um, when we look at packaging, it, it provides much longer life shelf. It provides better transportation, better handling for, for consumer uh, at large. So as producers and as a, a regional also association in the plastic committees, we look at how can we increase the awareness and knowledge of consumers and how can they contribute to better and more viable recycling and circular approach to, to uh, plastics. We also want to educate and, and work with the you know, regulatory body to understand how can we improve and enable uh, business models that will be sustainable on the long term on how to collect, sort, 
recycle and reuse uh, such uh, project. Lastly, if you look at, at the, the aspects from, from a human aspect, our societies also are evolving in terms of using these applications and these solutions. And we need to ensure that, that the awareness level and the commitment level that we have on that side is matching the growth in demand uh, that is associated now with the products uh, year on uh, year. Thank you, Mr. Nasser. And this is actually very interesting uh, to know. Back to you, Ms. Yasmi. Would you please tell us what is the current status of recycling activities in the GCC versus globally? And what are the main challenges that face recycling in terms of both the process and the plastics end of life? Thank you for, uh, for your question. So, you know, in our part of the world, um, the infrastructure, the culture, the context, it's completely different uh, than the developed countries where for decades uh, people uh, uh, outside our region and other markets, uh, they've been educated. It's part of their lifestyle, uh, you know, to, to sort, to collect, to recycle. They're incentivized. And needless to mention that when it comes to the regulatory environment, the policies that are enacted, they as well force such an ambience uh, where you want, you know, uh, the, the companies, it's their license to operate if they don't respect the strict regulation when it comes to, to packaging choices, to uh, uh, contributing um, to the setup of the infrastructure, uh, taxes are levied and the same when it comes to people. So it's part of their protocol. In our uh, Arab countries, actually, Recycling is still very poor. The economics to recycle plastics as well is uh, complex, where many manufacturers, they opt to still use virgin plastic material rather than the uh, recycled feedstock because as well of the cost and the lack of demand. So when it comes to people littering, uh, it's as well part of uh, how they... Uh, uh, do the conduct of everyday life and uh, and this is unfortunate and this is sad um, you can see the littering in, in nature uh, on the roads um, not necessarily across every GCC country or Levant country but there is a waste crisis and there is a very poor infrastructure and less than 10% um, in terms of uh, recycling, be it lack of the technology or the facilities, or even a very poor setup when it comes to uh, the handling and management of municipal wastes um, and um, and how the system is working. So, so this is a fact. But what I'm pleased to see, which is giving us hope, is the how the topic, you know, is emerging regarding uh, uh, pollution 
pollution, waste, uh, people awareness uh, further, especially after COVID, to the impact of uh, climate change, uh, what's triggering it, because we all know that waste ending up in landfill or littered, it is impacting as well global warming due to the emissions. People are more conscious about their health, about air pollution. Uh, so this is something uh, they're asking for. The, the existing young generation, future generation, all what they are, you know, um, educated about is the... Uh, it's around sustainability. It's about how to cater to a sustainable city, sustainable living. So eventually there is a pressing need. And we see now with, with COPs coming and uh, this year, next year, the talks um, in Glasgow. Uh, so, so, so the topic of circular economy is at the forefront. And most countries, they are now stepping up in MENA towards discussing not only circular economy, but also waste management, extended producer responsibility. So sometimes we have the law, but not the executive regulation. Sometimes there's the policy discussion, etc., etc. So we, we are part of this. And eventually when the system uh, and the and the guidelines become overarching in a country in an inclusive way so uh, embedding multi-sectorial different industries uh, not only the large corporations also SMEs there will be a tackling and the management of the various types of of uh, end of life not necessarily only plastic uh, which is uh, you know, top of mind. So what can we do? Yani, I'm here as well to share with you coming from the uh, largest FMB in the world. How are we leveraging our size, at our scale, uh, our R&D centers in order to uh, lead the shift in catering to a waste-free future, leading the shift in developing innovative solutions when it comes to, to packaging. So, for example, in, uh, in 2019, we have inaugurated our unique uh, centre, research centre for, for packaging science in Lausanne. And uh, we work closely with experts in the centre and across our network of uh, research and development centres and along with startups, uh, suppliers, experts, um, innovators to explore the optimum way of innovative packaging solutions that are sustainable for tomorrow while uh, definitely respecting the integrity of food recipes, their safety and, uh, and how they can be delivered in a better way to consumers. So we, we are focusing um, in our scientific work on plastics on first of all, packaging free solutions or removal of problematic plastics, simplification of material and, and packaging structures, uh, plastic free packaging like recycled paper, more recycled content, and I will come back to this, bio-based plastics or biodegradable composting packaging. And as well, we have shared with our suppliers a negative list where, where we want to shy away from it and it is 
with immediate effect, like avoiding the also the degradable plastics, uh, consider bio-based content, uh, uh, don't use the PVC or PVDC uh, elements, preferring transparent, lightly tinted material, avoid carbon-based master batches, ensuring as well residual products can be easily removed. But despite our ambition and commitment to cut virgin plastic by third and, uh, and you know, leading the shift to, to food grade recycled plastic, we are conscious that there is limited supply. And, and that's why we have uh, committed to allocate 2 billion Swiss francs um, behind incentivizing a marketplace for food grade recycled plastics and to uh, to, to ensure that there are financial assurances as well for suppliers. And we have committed to sourcing up to 2 million metric tons of food-grade recycled plastic um, in order to, to lead the shift and to pay premiums for, for such suppliers. So transforming a product to be designed for recycling, simplifying packaging, is part of the solution, but again, investing to shape a waste-free future starts with developing well-functioning collection, sorting, recycling schemes. And this is what we really need in our area. And uh, as Mr. Nasser said, really educating uh, society at large, starting from schools, universities, even offices. We have deployed um, modules about plastics and packaging to all our employees internally. We're doing such waves as well, connecting externally with our suppliers and retailers. So how a ripple effect around uh, awareness campaigns can be as well steered from the public sector, not only private sector. And when it comes to consumers to help them make informed decisions, as well, we are leveraging corporate communications or brand communications, tapping through all the social media vehicles that we have. And last but not least, ensuring that our labels have the right, uh, the right dose of information about the recyclability of the packaging and the optimum way of disposing it. Thank you, Ms. Yasmin. This is actually very insightful. And I agree that globally and regionally, circular economic and waste management are trending, and we should be leading and be part of the sustainability development shift in the region. So moving to my next question to you, Mr. Nasser. What is the role of plastics in tackling the five mega trends like food waste, increase in population, etc.? Uh, thank you, Yasmin. Uh, Abdullah, it's, it's a very good question because it's, it's, it shapes how we're going to address the challenges that we have for the future as, as societies. So what is the role of plastics in these trends? It's, it's at the forefront of providing solutions. You know, at the end, plastic is the innovative solutions for us to address many of the challenges that, that we require. So if, if you look at it from a high level, what we need is, is more efficient use of natural resources, enable solutions that will help in terms of other industries, whether it's agriculture, transportation, or construction, uh, increase the efficiency and of utilizing of these uh, resources, and also prolonging the life 
time of food products through packaging and better hygiene delivery uh, system. So if you look at what we do in terms of how are we addressing the shift in these trends and, and in order to address and, and meet the challenge, what you need is innovation. So to, to give you an example of one of the things that in Equate we've done, uh, we've started our sustainability journey uh, since 2015, 2016. And ever since we've voluntarily published our targets for sustainability, whether it's it's our impact to environment in terms of emission and our targets to reduce such uh, emissions, all the way to diversity, uh, opportunity uh, for employment and looking at advancing our local economies and, and in the areas that we operate in, as well as invest in solutions. One of the solutions we invested uh, in is to increase our chemical recycling content of our very dirty uh, product in, in, in PET, which uh, we invested in the solution and it was made commercial uh, toward the end of 2018, where we were the, among the first to, to deliver to the market a 30% recycling content, for chemical recycling content of PET uh, in that area. One of the other advantages, and, and, and again, we go back to as a society, how we are addressing these challenges. If you look at the demographic of, of our region in particular, it's mostly young people. And you have high usage of, of technology in terms of, of um, you know, solutions and enablers, as well as um, high level of education and awareness of uh, such challenges. So when we talk about how we want to adapt uh, circularity in terms of you know, addressing the waste uh, issue that we have in, in plastic, I think we have a very, um, susceptible society now to look at these challenges and allow them to have and to be part of the solutions. So we in Kuwait, for instance, we in Kuwait, we partnered with one of uh, the, the nonprofit uh, organization called Omnia, where they address the awareness level and the collection of uh, plastic waste, all plastic waste in all uh, parts of Kuwait. And not only that we provide them with, with the, the sponsorship and the partnership, we are very much involved in the awareness uh, campaigns that, that is needed to address um, the, the, the trends that we will see more and more as a young uh, population uh, growing up. We also uh, make sure that we also provide them with the right analysis that will uh, identify trends and identify also how can we optimize and, and make better efficient collection, less cost, as well as enable whoever wants to connect the value chain of this recyclability in terms of what is the next step, how can you use these collected and sorted waste um, to, to make more valuable uh, product that can be reintroduced in, in other industry or the same uh, industry to make sure that not only that we, we provide um, you know, uh, 
circularity, but also we provide a sustainable, long-term sustainable business model that will have its own resources, its own uh, opportunities for economic uh, gains, as well as employment and uh, entrepreneurial uh, opportunities. And, and I share the same view on, on this with uh, Yasmin in terms of our societies are, are young, and not only that they're, they're susceptible, but they're also, they have a very high entrepreneurial spirit and they want to be part of these solutions. Their awareness levels of the challenges that we face are growing. And hence we see the diverse solution they're coming up. If you look at you know, the trends that we are seeing in terms of commitment to recycle, commitment to uh, work in, in a very responsible organization that can, be part of solutions on a global level rather than just uh, be commercial in nature. Excellent. Thank you, Mr. Nasser. My last question is to you, Ms. Yasmin. What are some of the lessons learned from managing plastic waste? And would you please name a few best practices that our audience can start adopting today that would make a significant difference in terms of waste reduction? A very nice question. So. Most of us, we are familiar with the four R's, reduce, reuse, recycle. We say this rhetoric, um, but I want to add more to it, more R's that we can deliberate on. So first, how we can uh, remove as well, um, you know, the need for plastic. For example, now when we go, let's say, to shop, uh, not because there is now extra fills we need to pay due to the single use, uh, the ban on the single use of plastic, but some people are becoming more and more conscious to use reusable bags. How we can refuse. So if I already have a bag, do we need to take an extra bag every time I shop from every store in the mall? And the same logic applies as well to the industry. I'm not only saying the, the end consumer. How we can repair. Many times we want to throw something and we end its life instead of thinking how we can extend its usage and life if we do a little intervention of repairing, how can we re-gift instead of throwing something away? Many people, they are uh, vulnerable, underprivileged, or they don't have access to what we have. So how we can re-channel what we have, rethink about design, rethink about taking action, be it to buy more of something in access or to throw it. Uh, rethinking design as well, when it comes as well to our part, when we work with the application group, packaging experts, uh, innovators, to, to rethink the whole uh, proposition the whole business model, repurpose what we have from something to something else, because the whole idea of circular economy as well is to give a second life, to appreciate that nothing can go to waste and how we can circulate the natural virgin resources in the economy and in the same matter we can as well apply such tips at home uh, and how we can recover uh, matters through uh, for example the the collection so when it comes to for example um, collecting sorting recycling uh, we do have 
to partner sometimes depending on the fabric of the society uh, of the country of the local context with others to make matters happen for example in egypt we're working with um with around uh, 1,200 informal waste collectors in a very saturated uh, area in Cairo called Manshiat Nasser, where we co-created with CID consultancy something called Dorna, our role in Arabic, which is innovative, unique, uh, inclusive approach based on reverse credit system where we incentivize uh, the whole value chain uh, from uh, garbage collectors to um, uh, the, the compactors who prepare the bales, the mediators, until things are channeled, uh, the feedstock to recycling uh, factories. And some of the, uh, you know, collected plastic, it goes to fabric, furniture, other uh, recycling uh, facilities but some as well will be part of recycled content that many like us they want to integrate in their packaging uh, to promote the usefulness of really appreciating a second life for example pet bottles they can be infinitely recycled the pet and 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 the, and creating a market for uh, recycled food grade uh, content is absolutely important so these are are some of the tips and as well when it comes to how we are trying to challenge the paradigm from relying um, solely on virgin plastic in our packaging at Nestle we are considering alternative materials for example in uh, in Canada uh, and in parts of uh, Europe we collaborated with TerraCycle through loop stainless steel um, containers which are uh, refillable. So we have ice cream, we have uh, Nesquik cacao in it, and in some countries, uh, we are like in Switzerland, we have bulk dispensers for Nescafe, uh, for, for Milo, uh, we have as well bulk uh, filling stations for Purina Pet Care. So according to the readiness and the appetite of, uh, of consumers, um, uh, how aware they are are how responsive they are to new approaches we are exploring this in egypt as well we have due to the law permitting food grade recycled content last year we launched our 100 percent um, recycled pet bottles and we are anticipating as well the ministerial decree around uh, the same to be enacted in the uae the the Gulf Standard Organization, GSO, in, in Saudi already blessed it. So this will induce further the, the circular economy in the countries. So, you know, it takes aggregated efforts, concerted collaboration uh, from every actor in the industry. We cannot do it without the households. We cannot do it without, uh, you know, the eagerness and the passion of this uh, 
young generation they are our future uh, without the industries without uh, even banks we, we many many steps many bold steps to create the shift and lead the shift it needs financing it needs support to ensure there is a just transition uh, you know putting people at heart and ensuring how we can um, circulate the material in a way which is good for us and it's good for the planet because it's not only about littering littering doesn't only damage the ecosystems and biodiversity and and nature which we need badly to thrive the emissions that are released they are very harmful so whenever we tackle the end of life in um, uh, in a conscious way which uh, preserves this material for future use we are uh, saving the planet from further global warming due to the emissions that are released from the litter um, uh, in the environment. So my message is, let's start with ourselves. We should not have an alibi. There is no rule or I'm not taxed. Uh, it is OK. Uh, let someone else do the effort. No, we need to start today. We need to have this to have this wake up call in, uh, inside us because every act matters. And it's the aggregate efforts that will uh, salvage tomorrow and a better future and a cleaner future. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Yasmin. Very excellent. Very interesting discussions. And I agree with you and with Mr. Nasser that we should transform our business by focusing on ESG integration in every aspect in the business. Uh, with this, our podcast is coming to an end. I would like to thank both of you, uh, Mr. Nasser Adosari and Ms. Yasmin Berber. If you would like to add any final comments. Thank you, Abdullah. It's been a pleasure um, participating. And um, I think the message here is it's collaboration. It's conscious uh, approach to ensuring that uh, we uh, manage the waste issues. And, and uh, it can only work through the uh, collaborative approach uh, from everyone. Thank you again. And from my end, I thank you for this very interesting morning. Pleasure e-meeting you all. And yes, I second you, Mr. Nasser, echo every single word. And let's remember it is a journey. So one step at a time, but in the right direction, it will be fruitful to all of us. Thank you. Interesting. It was actually a pleasure meeting you. And thank you all for listening. Have a good day and goodbye. Thank you for listening to the GPCA podcast. If you want to stay up to date and receive notifications about the next podcast, subscribe to our channel. This podcast was presented by the Gulf Petrochemicals and Chemicals Association, the voice of the downstream hydrocarbon industry in the Arabian Gulf. For more information about GPCA, please visit our website at www.gpca.org.ae. Join the conversation online. Follow us on our social media listed in the channel description and share your feedback. Thank you.